Peace be upon you. As submitters to God alone, it's absolutely essential that all our worship practices are dedicated 100% to uh, only God. So the question for this week is, does it make sense to mention anyone else's name in our contact prayers a lot? Five times a day we perform our contact prayers, and according to chapter 20, verse 14, the purpose of the contact prayers is to remember God. Because each time we, we uh, do our ablution, we're thinking about our contact prayers, or we're performing our contact prayers, it's an opportunity to remind us of God. So where did the contact prayers come from? Uh, the short answer for that is Abraham. And we see twice in the Quran where God mentions giving the contact prayers to Abraham. In chapter 14, verse 40, uh, the title is The Contact Prayers Gift from God. It says, My Lord, make me one who consistently observes the contact prayers a lot, and also my children. Our Lord, please answer my prayers. And this is a, a prayer that Abraham was making. And then in 2173, we read, We made them imams who guided in accordance with our commandments, and we taught them how to work righteousness and how to observe the contact prayers Salat and the obligatory charity Zakat. To us, they are devoted worshippers. And again, this is in the context of Abraham, uh, if you look at the previous verses. And what this is telling us is that the contact prayers was a gift from God that was delivered to Abraham. And while Abraham could have prayed to God for anything, uh, he chose to pray to God to give him a form of worship uh, to be able to become uh, reverent and closer to God. And God gifted him the contact prayers. Uh, and this is the only place in the Quran where we see where God taught an individual how to perform the contact prayers. Uh, prior to Abraham was Noah. Uh, we don't have any indication that Noah had the Salat during his life. Uh, the first instance that we see of someone performing the contact prayers, and according to these verses, receiving the contact prayers, uh, was Abraham. Um, Abraham uh, historically exists around 2000 BC. So in modern day, what it makes sense, what a lot of people do is when they perform their contact prayers is that they mention Muhammad's name. If Muhammad got the contact prayers from Abraham, how would, he, how would have Abraham ever have mentioned Muhammad's name in his contact prayers? It just doesn't make sense. Uh, unless someone wants to make the justification that Muhammad changed the contact prayers and all the other prophets and messengers prior to him were doing the contact prayers and only mentioning God, uh, which seems, you know, illogical. And from the Quran, we see that Muhammad was a follower of Abraham. In 16 uh, verse 123, we read, Then we inspired you, Muhammad, to follow the religion of Abraham, the monotheist. He was never an idol worshiper. Uh, and again, in 6, 162, it reads, Say, my Lord has guided me in a straight path. The perfect religion of Abraham, monotheism, he never was an idol worshiper. Say, my contact person a lot, my worship practices, my life and my death are all devoted absolutely to God alone, the Lord of the universe. So you're seeing here for yourself that Muhammad was commanded by God to follow the religion of Abraham. The Salat, the Zakat, the Hajj pilgrimage, fasting, um, and you know, Shahada even before, but all these came from Abraham. Uh, and Muhammad was strictly to follow the religion of Abraham, these practices that were established at the time of Abraham. And you see that Muhammad is saying that my contact per Salat, my worship practices, my life, my death, are all devoted absolutely to God alone. Um, it makes no sense for Muhammad to mention his own name yet alone anyone else's name in the Salah, in the contact prayers. 
And um, we see consistently in the Quran, 19 times in the Quran, the Shahada is uh, spelt out for us, which is La Allah Illallah, which means there's no other God beside God. And this was the Shahada according to God, the angels, the knowledgeable. This was the Shahada of Abraham and Muhammad and all the prophets and messengers from all of history. Um, to think that Muhammad was had the, the uh, tenacity to change this, uh, we have no indication of that anywhere in the Quran. Um, and this is something that it has no basis and it doesn't make logical sense because we see here consistently that the religion, the worship practices, our lives or death are all 100% dedicated to God alone. And we see that uh, in 3.18 it says basically what the, the, the first commandment is. It's the same commandment from the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, all God's scriptures and the Quran. It's in chapter 3, verse 18. It says, God bears witness. There is no other God except He, and so do the angels and those who possess knowledge. Truthfully and equitably, He is the absolute God. There is no God but He, the Almighty, the Most Wise. And this is, if this is the Shahada, the declaration of faith of God, the angels, and the knowledgeable, um, who would ever have the uh, audacity to change that? Um, and the only place in the entire Quran where you see people bearing witness or, you know, uh, in the sense of uh, Muhammad being a messenger of God uh, is in chapter 63, which is the hypocrites. And it says, when the hypocrites come to you, they say, we bear witness you are a messenger of God. God knows that you are his messenger and God bears witness that the hypocrites are liars. And as we saw in the previous podcast, this act of bearing witness is something that no one did. The only people who bore witness to Muhammad becoming a prophet was Angel Gabriel and God. Uh, none of us, none of the people at the time of the prophet bore witness to this. Was he a messenger? Was he a prophet? Absolutely, but it's not something that they bore witness to. Um, and in addition, another major aspect of why it does not make sense to mention anyone else's name in our contact prayers is that God tells us consistently throughout the Quran not to make any distinction among any of God's messengers. Uh, clearly, God can make distinctions. He can elevate some and uh, lower others. But as us, as believers, that is not a position where we can say that one uh, prophet is above another one. And this is the same reason, for instance, that you know it's not righteous for us to celebrate the birthday of Jesus at the expense of all the other prophets and messengers is because we're making a distinction, yet alone that you know, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th, it's a pagan holiday, and all this other stuff. But that in itself is reason enough not to make a distinction among God's messengers. In chapter 2, verse 136, it says, No distinction among God's messengers. It says, We believe in God and what was sent down to us and what was sent down to Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the patriarchs, and what was given to Moses and Jesus, all the prophets from their Lord. We make no distinction among any of them. To him alone we are submitters. In 2.285, it says, You shall not make any distinction among God's messengers. It reads, The messenger has believed in what was sent down to him from his Lord, and so did the believers. They believe in God, his angels, his scripture, and his messengers. We make no distinction among any of his messengers. Say, We hear and we obey. Forgive us our Lord. To you is the ultimate destiny. And this is a perfect example. God says when God issues a commandment to the believers, it's our duty to say we hear and we obey. Uh, several times in the Quran, very clearly, it says, do not make any distinction among God's messengers. Um, 
to believe that you know one messenger or prophet was above another one or to mention one's name and not the other uh, when we're doing our contact prayers is uh, there's no basis for that so for some people that say look we don't say we bear witness we just acknowledge that Muhammad was a messenger of God uh, some people say that we say it in our contact prayers as part of our shahada because Muhammad was the seal of the prophets well, if that's the case, why don't you just say that? But they don't, right? They they uh, they elevate Muhammad at the expense of the other prophets, uh, and they distinguish him from the rest. Was Muhammad unique in his own right? Absolutely. But is it? It's not our duty, our job, to make a distinction among God's messengers. Uh, God bestowed certain blessings upon each of them, and God is the one who judges which one is elevated above a, another. Same thing with the believers. We can't say one believer is better than another believer. Because God is the ultimate judge in regards to that. And um, we see that one of the questions is, you know, if the contact prayers came at the time of, uh, of Abraham, uh, what about Jesus, you know, the Christians, the Jews, why don't they have the Salat? And the answer is in chapter 19, verse 59. Uh, and the title is Losing the Contact Prayers. It says, after them, he substituted generations who lost the contact prayers Salat and pursued their lust. They will suffer the consequences. So, there was they were they lost one of the most valuable methods for growing and developing our souls to contact prayers and by god's mercy uh at the time of prophet muhammad prophet muhammad we were able to reestablish the contact prayers but if you read in the bible uh the discussion of basically performing the prayers at certain times of the day uh it's rampant throughout the entire bible but it's something that they've lost. The methodology, the, uh, the, the, the sounds that come out of our mouth, the, uh, the motions that are taking place, uh, this is something that God has bestowed back uh, in the final scripture for us to be able to have. And the fact is that the, the Salat has been around since the time of Abraham. And the question is, why is it that you know, we don't see any indication in the Quran of how to perform the Salat? It's because it's been handed down from generation to generation at the time of Abraham all the way to today. And um, there hasn't been any debate in the sense of, you know, when do we do our contact prayers? How many units are the contact prayers? The only aspect of debate has been what do we say during our contact prayers? And um, what we say in our contact prayers has to be devoted 100% to God alone. To think that any messenger, any prophet would interject their own names uh, in the contact prayers goes counter to everything that they preach. Um, we have to be, you know, in all our worship practices dedicated to God alone. In chapter 72, verse 18, it says, The places of worship belong to God. Do not call on anyone else beside God. God's messenger of the, uh, it says, yeah, God's messenger of the covenant, it says uh, 72, 19, When God's servant advocated him alone, almost all of them banded together to oppose him. That when the messenger of the covenant came and preached, the worship of God alone, and preach to basically uh, absolve any other mention of any other person, entity, in our contact prayers, uh, that most people banded against that, that message. Um, and it's something that it seems so, doesn't make sense. You know, why, how is it that someone is, you know, preaching the worship of God alone, devoting all our worship practices to God alone, that people would have uh, such animosity towards that? In uh, 4.36, it says, You shall worship God alone. Do not associate anything with Him. If we have a tendency of wanting to associate anything with God, um, it shows a lack of faith and a lack of trust in God, and it's actually a form of idol worship. 
Uh, God stands alone. There's nothing that we can compare uh, to associate or anything with God. Um, in 4.146 it reads, Only those who repent, reform, and hold fast to God and devote their religion absolutely to God alone will be counted with the believers. God will bless the believers with great recompense. Um, you know, some people make the claim that Muhammad or the saints and Abraham are closer to God. Therefore, by mentioning them, by mentioning Abraham, uh, the saints, uh, Muhammad, uh, that in essence, it's by giving, it's kind of like they, they serve as an inter intermediary between uh, us and God. And God shoots down that, <laughs> that concept in chapter 39, verse 3. It says, absolutely, the religion shall be devoted to God alone. Those who set up idols beside him say, we idolize them only be, uh, to bring us closer to God, for they are in a better position. God will judge them regarding their dispute. God does not guide such liars, disbelievers. God is never distant from us. Uh, to think that, you know, I have to do a prayer and Muhammad or one of the saints is going to hear that prayer and then deliver it to God uh, means that that saint or that prophet is uh, omnipresent, omniscient, that they can hear every prayer that's taking place. And it also is indicating that God needs help, uh, that God can't answer the prayers directly for his people, uh, that God needs these, you know, uh, mere, like, when you think about a human being in comparison to God is nothing. Uh, you know, we're not even uh, a speck of dust in comparison to God. To think that uh, God needs anything else to basically be able to uh, perform his function uh, of being the, you know, uh, the uh, almighty, all-knowing, omniscient, omni uh, omnipresent, omnipotent, um, to have any kind of weakness in God uh, is just a sign that we don't understand who God is. Um, and we have to be not just content, but also joyful when we mention only God. Uh, there shouldn't be any apprehension in wanting to mention God. Uh, to think that we want to mention any names beside God uh, as a source of joy is actually a form of idol worship. Uh, we should be absolutely devoted, 100% content with only mentioning God, with only worshiping God, with only associating, you know, nothing else with God. Um, this is something that every believer, every true believer, irrespective of what the name of that faith is, um, we can all be united on. In 13.28 it reads, they're the ones whose hearts rejoice in remembering God. Absolutely, by remembering God, the hearts rejoice. That if we can get in that state where just the mere mention of God, the mere reflection of God is something that allows our hearts to rejoice, it shows that we're heading in the right direction. In 39.45 it says, When God alone is mentioned, the hearts of those who do not believe in the hereafter shrink with aversion. But when others are mentioned beside him, they become satisfied. And irrespective, if some people are saying, look, you know, uh, Muhammad, Abraham, the saints, they're servants of God. If they're only content when their names are mentioned beside God, it's actually a sign of disbelief. We have to be 100% devoted, content, happy, joyful on just worshiping God, just mentioning God. Um, to associate anything with God is a form of idol worship. So in chapter 40, verse 10, it says, those who disbelieve will be told, God's abhorrence towards you is even worse than your own abhorrence towards yourselves. For you were invited to believe, but you chose to disbelieve. And it continues in 40.12 and 13. It says, This is because when God alone was advocated, you disbelieved. But when others were mentioned beside him, you believed. Therefore, God's judgment has been issued. He is the Most High, the Great. 
He is the one who continuously shows you his proofs and sends down to you from the sky provisions. Only those who totally submit will be t uh, able to take heed. Therefore, you shall devote your worship absolutely to God alone, even if the disbelievers dislike it. And you see that this is the whole purpose of our religion. The purpose of the religion is to dedicate our entire worship practices to God alone, to only meditate, to commemorate, to glorify God, and nothing else beside that. Um, and we have to be, again, completely content, happy, and joyful as believers. This is what unites us, is this absolute love for God and nothing else. Uh, without God, there is no love, there is no happiness. And when it comes to our worship practices, when it comes to who is it that we devote our religion to, again, it has to be 100% to God. Uh, there cannot be any other entity in that, uh, that uh, equation. Uh, and if it is, it's something that we need to purify uh, because this is the, the unifying uh, force that draws us to God is this absolute love and worship of God alone. Um, God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got any comments or questions, hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com or on Twitter at TalkQuran. And until next time, peace and God bless.